So today, um, we have a special guest, and he is special. And let me tell you why he's special. Because he is one of our pastor's very dearest friends. That's what makes him special. So they had printed me out, something here to say about him. But let me just say this about Ron Gray. I love every time Ron comes to, comes to speak because he always has a, has a fresh word for us. He's been preaching for over 40 years and has had the opportunity to preach all over the United States and in 46 different countries. Um, so I hate pastors not here, but let me just say this. There's not very many people that pastor would give his pulpit to in his absence. But you, Ron Gray, are one of them. Um, come, tell us what God has for you, uh, and, uh, and, and take your liberty, brother. Y'all welcome him. You got that? Good morning, TFA. Well, after knowing Charles and Brenda Lynn for over 40 years, I guess he finally uh, trusts me. You work on it a little bit at a time, but it's all good. Well, it's so good to be here with you today. I am, as uh, a lot of you know, that uh, I do travel uh, extensively in mission work and travel around the world. This year, I have, uh, I'm kind of hitting a new level. I've traveled over, in not just this year, but I've hit a million and a half air miles. And um, so I have kept uh, Delta working and, and, you know, just doing what they're supposed to do. And also, I, uh, this year I'm traveling to 12 different countries just in this year. This year I've already been to Cuba twice. I've been to Guatemala twice. I've been to the Ukraine. I've been to Poland. We did a men's conference in Poland. And it was kind of cool because we had a whole group of gypsy men come. And they normally don't come. It's interesting because they speak their own language. They're in Poland, but they speak uh, their own language. And we had five of them baptized in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And so it was just a great, great time speaking to the men. And I'll be back there next May uh, ministering uh, in another men's conference with them. Uh, Cuba, God has opened up the door there just in a sovereign way. We're working with Pastor Sergio uh, it's an Assembly of God church in Havana. God has just uh, connected us there. And uh, I went there in February and I taught my book, Enter to Worship, Exit to Serve, which has been translated into five different languages, but it's been printed and published in Spanish. And we just printed a thousand of my books in Cuba because they have asked me to go from city to city in Cuba and just teach my book. And so the Lord is using it in a phenomenal way. And so we're very thankful for that opportunity and for what God is doing there. And um, I just took a team there. We did children's ministry. I'll leave again for August the 31st. I'll be in Cuba again. We're going to be doing a little construction project as well as doing some children's ministry. And I'll be teaching my book, so it'll be a busy week. Uh, we're doing a lot of different things there. Um, again, I've, uh, I did a pastor's conference in India uh, we had over uh, 90 pastors gathered together. I just received word yesterday. I got a, a, a whole group of testimonies that they wrote out and have finally sent them to me. And it was so good to hear what God did in their lives in those few days. One of the great things that I was able to do at the end of it is just pray over every one of them <clears throat> individually, 
pray, put my hands on them, pray for them and bless them. They are in very difficult situations. They are in highly Hindu and Muslim cities. We went to uh, one little church in a village where there was about seven women. Uh, there were no men there. It was Muslim village. And uh, the Lord prompted us, and we were able to get money for them to build a building uh, there to start a church uh, in that community and in that area. And so just so exciting to see what God is doing in India. And it was so great to see the hunger and the thirst uh, from all of those pastors that were there. I, um, I will be going to, uh, in October, I'll be going to Cambodia where we have 35 missionaries who part, I'm on the board of a ministry, we have 183 missionaries in 23 countries, and we have 35 missionaries who rescue women and children from human trafficking, and I'll be there the 1st of October. Then, October the 17th, I'm doing something I've never done before, I'm leading a tour to the Holy Land and to Greece, and I've got 38 people signed up. If you can make a decision like this week, there's still room for you, it's a great trip. It's flying out of Atlanta. It's, uh, uh, if you've ever looked at Holy Land trips, it's only $3,071 uh, for the Holy Land and another $900 for Greece. And it's, again, it's flying out of Atlanta. That's really cheap for a Holy Land trip. If it's been on your bucket list, uh, I had a lot of people say, I want to go with somebody. I just don't want to go with a television preacher. I want to go with somebody I know. And so I put it out there. And so... I've got 38 people signed up, but there's still a few spots left if you'd be interested in going to the Holy Land with us and to Greece if you're interested in that, that uh, add-on. And then in November, uh, we've got new missionaries in Italy, in Spain, in Germany, and I'll be going to Europe then. And then the day after Thanksgiving, <coughs> I leave for Kenya, Africa, where I'll be teaching again in our school. So it's been a busy year. It's been a busy time. And uh, we appreciate you praying for us. Uh, while uh, TFA, I'm not really a, a regular missionary support, the truth is, is through the years, uh, I've called Charles because he is a good friend and said, I need a little cash. And TFA has been very kind to bless us at times and to send us some money to help us with all of our travels and to help us do what we do. If you're interested in knowing more about what we do, I didn't set up my table today because I'm leaving here and going to a board meeting for this next week, uh, but you can go to ronaldgrayministries.org.com.net, just Ronald Gray Ministries, I'm out there, and uh, I also have a Facebook page, and uh, you can find out what we're doing, where we're going. If you'd like to be on my mailing list, you can go to the website and sign up on our mailing list, and you can... Uh, uh, get our monthly newsletter that we just send out and tell people what we're doing and where we're going and what's taking place. And if you're interested in helping us with any of our travels as far as support, you can do that online as well. And so we greatly appreciate uh, that so very, very much. Amen. Well, I want to share a word with you today. Uh, I'm not going to start with a scripture, but uh, don't get nervous. I am going to read some scriptures today. But uh, some months ago, I was uh, flying on a plane, as I do so often, and I was reading an article, and the article was talking about a particular diagnosis that has been given to children, specifically in times past, who do not really grow and, and do not 
uh, become what they really need to be at the timetables that they expect them to be. And if you're a doctor or a nurse here, you will know this terminology. The terminology is failure to thrive. Failure to thrive. It literally means that it's given, it was mainly given to children because children seem to have everything that they need. They had their food, they had the home, they had the environment, they had everything, but they were failing to thrive. But over the last several years, that diagnosis has gone beyond just children. And it is now given to adults as well. It is given to people who they cannot find a particular medical diagnosis of why they are not growing, that they are not functioning properly, they are not accomplishing what they need to do. And so they give them the diagnosis of failure to thrive. It's given who do not grow as expected in their physical, their emotional, their psychological areas. It is people who have lost their sense of meaning. And when I read that, I thought about the fact, as my brother said, that I've been doing this preaching thing now for about 43 years. And I go from church to church, and I see people who have been in church for years and years. And I would say that not only is there a problem in their physical, their emotional, their psychological areas, I'd also say there's a problem in their spiritual areas because I think there's a lot of people who have everything that they need to thrive in the kingdom of God, but they are failing to thrive. That we come to church every Sunday, we sing the songs, we go through the process, we do all the things that we're expected to do, and yet we are not growing spiritually in the capacity that God expects us to. The word thrive in the dictionary means to prosper to be successful, to grow or develop vigorously, to flourish. I just like that word, flourish. To progress toward or realize a goal despite of or because of circumstances. I want you to hear that definition one more time. To progress toward or realize a goal despite of or because of circumstances. That's what it means to thrive. The writer Thoreau once said, most men lead lives of quiet desperation and go to the grave with the song still in them. Can I just tell you today, I'm not going to go to the grave with the song still in me. <coughs> I'm going to sing my song. I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to magnify the Lord. The Bible talks about that when Jesus came into the city of Jerusalem, that <coughs> they were the, the Pharisees were saying, why would you let all these people praise you? And he said, if they don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. I'm going to tell you something today. I'm not going to go to the grave with my song still in me. I'm going to sing my song while I have the opportunity. I'm going to magnify the Lord. I'm going to praise him who is worthy to be praised. Now, one of the reasons that we fail to thrive is because of another medical term that is used. It's called acedia. <clears throat> it's a Greek word. That means weariness of soul and inability to delight in life. Folks, have y'all noticed that there's a lot of spiritual battles going on? Any of y'all facing any spiritual battles here today? Any of you going through some tough times? Any of you going through some stress at school or work or home or family and situations? And a lot of times what happens is the weariness of life. The day, You know, I tell people, even when I travel with missionaries, it's not really all the major stuff that goes on. It's the daily life that gets you. 
It's the grind. It's, <laughs> it's going to school every day and showing up. It's going to work every day. It's going the same things. <laughs> How many of you got children here? Let me just see. It's dealing with your children <laughs> every day. Oh, it will grind on you. And it becomes the weariness of life. And it keeps you from thriving. I talked about that in the definition, one is to flourish. And I want to give you the definition of flourish. The definition of flourish is to grow luxuriously. To reach a height of development of influence. I like that. And then this again is my favorite definition. To live <clears throat> within an optimal range of human functioning. One that connotes goodness and growth. How many want to live you want, how many of you want to live at the top of your game? How many of you want to live in a place of the optimum level of everything that you can do and be? <laughs> I, I, I just don't think that we get up in the morning and say, oh God, I just want to be average. <laughs> God, I just want to be mediocre. God, I, I just like to do just enough to get that's not really our desire. Our desire is that we want to live in the optimum range of our ability, of our development, of everything that we can accomplish. We want to live at the very best. Now, for you that were make, want to make sure that I'm biblical and preaching a good biblical sermon, I do have some scriptures for you. The word flourish is used in the scripture in three different verses in Psalms 92, verses 12, 13, and 14. Psalm 92, verse 12, 13, and 14. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. So who's going to flourish? The righteous. Those who do the right thing. We live in a world today of situational ethics, but we as the people of God are not here to do what situations require we are here to do righteously, regardless of the situation, and the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Verse 13, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. You know, one of the struggles that we have in the body of Christ today is that we get ticked off at this church because somebody didn't call me or somebody didn't speak to me or somebody, or they didn't sing the song that I like to, so we, we just go from place to place, but those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. And verse 14, I guess, is for me and a few other people here. <laughs> they shall still bear fruit in old age. Hallelujah. <clears throat> they shall be fresh and flourishing. I got news for you. I'm not getting older. I'm getting better. Hallelujah. I met my brother here at the door. He said he was 72 and strong and happy <laughs> and doing the work of God. I'm glad for that. That's the way it should be. Living a flourishing life is growing spiritually with commitment to God's house and a vital connection to God's people. It is using everything I have to serve in any way possible at all times. I want to say that again. Flourishing is using everything I have. Stop making excuses for what you don't have. Use what you do have. Do what God has given you to do. Use everything you have to serve in any way possible 
at all times. Now, I believe that there's several ways that God wants us to flourish. I believe he wants us to flourish, first of all, in our spirit. I believe that we are body, soul, and spirit. And our bodies may get older, but the reality is, is that our spirit man needs to flourish. It needs to grow luxuriously. It needs to move within an optimum range of functioning. I believe that today, that we don't need just information. I believe we need impartation. The Bible talks about the breath of God. I want to tell you today that I believe we need the anointing. We need the anointing of his Holy Spirit. We can't do this by ourselves. We can't do this in our own ability. We need the anointing that comes not by might or by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We need something that comes from God. We're told a lot of things, but I want to tell you, when I was growing up in church, one of the things our pastor said, there's some things that can't be taught. They have to be caught. Hallelujah. There is some truth to that. There are just some things that you have to experience. There are some things that you have to receive by faith. When I was a young preacher years ago, I uh, was asked to speak in Winter Haven, Florida for Pastor Billy Richardson, who was the professor of homiletics at Southeastern University. Now, some of y'all know me because I've been coming here for several years, and uh, I didn't go to Bible school. Unfortunately, I was going to Florida State University, and, and God said, go, and I thought he meant right then, so I quit school and started traveling at 19 years old and been traveling and preaching ever since. And so I was asked to preach for Brother Billy. Well, I'm 20 years old, never been to Bible school. He's the professor of homiletics. Now, that's a big word, especially when you didn't take it. (laughs) The study of preaching. And then not only was the professor of homiletics, he was the professor of hermeneutics. Oh, my mercy. I was way out of my comfort zone. I opened up the door to the sanctuary on that Sunday morning, and there were 35 professors from Southeastern University sitting in the congregation. I had a panic attack. (laughs) I could not breathe. I stepped out from the door, closed the door, looked at Brother Billy Richardson, and I said, Brother Billy, I can't do it. I said, I didn't go to Bible school. Uh, All of this professor stuff, it's just overwhelming. I said, I'm going to call Peter Paul. I'm going to mess up. I just, I'm going to get the wrong scripture. I just, I said, I can't do it. And he looked at me, he says, Brother Ron, he says, uh, I didn't bring you here because of your education. Then he hurt my feelings. (laughs) (laughs) He said, I brought you here because of the anointing. He says, what those professors need (coughs) is not good preaching. He said, what they need is for you to lay hands on them and stir up the anointing in their heart. I said, I got that. (laughs) That I can do. That's in my wheelhouse. That's something I believe in. And so that week, I laid hands on all of those professors and prayed for a powerful breath of the Holy Spirit of God to blow upon us. What a week we had. God blessed, and God opened up so many doors 
for me to be able to go to other places because of the anointing of his Holy Spirit. Can I tell you, church, today, when we come to the house of God, it's not just about having a good word. It's about encountering the presence of God. It's about knowing that God is with us. We sang it this morning. Oh, great is our God. Great is our God. With him, all things are possible. I believe we need to seek the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. I remember growing up in church, when whether it was Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night, most of the time I was down at the altar seeking God, crying out to God because I wanted to know him. Paul said that I might know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. I don't want to just know about him. I want to know him in all of his goodness and all of his glory. So I believe that we need to flourish in our spirit. We need to flourish in our minds. The Bible says that the Lord has given you the mind of Christ. The Bible says to be not conformed to this world, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I believe that we need to understand the ways of God all too often today. We think like the world thinks, but we're not here to think like the world thinks. We're kingdom people, and we're to pursue God <clears throat> as the heart panteth after the water brooks. So panteth my soul after thee, O God. What do you read? What do you meditate on? What do you watch on television? I'm not just, listen, I'm not trying to, to put some limitations. I'm just telling you. That God wants our mind to be renewed. What do you think about? The Bible says, think on these things. Purity and holiness and righteousness and goodness and worship and praise. Those are things that God expects us to think about. I believe that we need to flourish in our time. I believe uh, <clears throat> whatever time that you're in, you need to flourish in that time. You're never too young are too old to flourish. The Bible says that the time is now. Now is the time to seek the Lord. <clears throat> we live for this moment. You know, over the last um, number of years, I, I turned 62 this year, and, you know, a million and a half air miles and hundreds of thousands of driving miles and preaching all over the place and the, some of the guys were talking about heat and humidity. It's, it is so hot in Cuba. It is so hot in India. It is so hot in some of the in the uh, in Africa. Some of the countries I go to, I, I keep asking God, send me to a cool country. <laughs> but the reality is, is they're not all cool. But you know, the fact is, is I'm going to do what God has called me to do because my time is now. I'm not guaranteed tomorrow or next week or next month, but I'm going to live for God with everything that I have in this moment. I'm going to serve God at school. I'm going to serve God at work. I'm going to serve God in my family. I'm going to serve God with my friends. I'm going to serve God. Now is the time you need to flourish. You know, I want to just say this, church. There's too many people in the house of God that says, well, when everything gets right. Let me give you a clue. It never gets right. It never gets perfect. It never, it never gets 
All the planets don't always line up like they're supposed to. You know, everything doesn't happen the way we expect. You can't wait for the perfect time. You have to use the time that you have right now to do what God has called you to do and be who God has called you to be. I believe that we need to also flourish in our relationships. I believe that our families are under attack. I believe that friendships are under attack. <clears throat> Sarcasm and gossip isolates us from each other. The strength of our lives should be our friendships. Forgiveness and mercy should be evident. <laughs> Everybody wants mercy, but what does the Bible tell you to do to get mercy? To give mercy. To show mercy. To be merciful. And in those things, God will in turn give you mercy. I believe that every one of us need to value our friendships. Let me ask you a question. The people who you are friends with, do you feel encouraged? Or you do you feel depressed after you've been with your friends? Well, maybe a better question is do you have any friends? Uh, somebody said to me after a service years ago, said, uh, I don't have many friends. I said, uh, this is a clue. If you don't have many friends, it could be because you're not friendly. Let me say it over here this side. It could be <laughs> because you're not friendly. <clears throat> it's a simple thing that if you want to have friends, you actually got to be friendly, okay? And I believe that friends are valuable. The Bible tells us that friends make us rich. I'm thankful for the friendships that I have. I'm thankful for the good friends that God has given to me. Your pastor and I have been friends for over 40 years. <laughs> That's good. It's good to stay in those kind of relationships. I want to just tell you a little story. Again, some of you, I've been coming to the church for all since, since pastor's been here. And I uh, went through a season of time where my daughter, my oldest daughter, went through a real season of rebelliousness. And uh, she did all kind of things. At 16 years old, she stole my car kidnapped our youngest daughter, was gone for three days right before Christmas. It was a horrendous time. And then at 18 years old, she wound up getting pregnant, not married. And the guy that was the father of the child lived in Oklahoma City. And so, not with my blessing, but against my desire, she moved to Oklahoma City with him, and I was not happy. But I, um, I got a call one day, and my daughter told me that he had hit her. Now, let me explain something to you. I didn't like the fact that she had moved, but she's still my daughter, <laughs> and you don't hit her. And so daddy came out. And I'm like, something's got to happen. But the problem was, was I didn't know anybody in Oklahoma that could help me, and I didn't know how quickly I could get there. So I called another one of my longtime friends, and I'm asking him to pray with me. And he says to me, Ron, he says, I got a friend in Oklahoma. He'll take care of it. 
So let me tell you the story that my daughter tells. She said, Daddy, she said, one day I was sitting in my house and there was a spiritual SWAT team that drove up in the yard. Three black SUVs and guys jumped out of the car, surrounded the house and came in. It was this pastor, his youth pastor, and some of the leaders of the church. <laughs> and they walked into <coughs> the house. They collected her and got all of her luggage and her clothes and put it in the back of her vehicle and looked at her and said, let's go, your daddy sent us. <laughs> she got the message, she got in the car, they started to leave. One of the guys looked at the tires on her vehicle, steel coming through the rubber. So they stopped at a place and bought her four brand new tires. They took her to the youth pastor's house and fed her and took care of her and the next morning told her that they were going to send her back to Alabama and said, we're going to give you $100 for you to be able to buy gas and to eat on the way home and to be taken care of. What she didn't know is that they followed her for 100 miles to make sure that she went where she was supposed to and that nobody was following She said, Daddy, who were those people? I said, they were friends of my friend. So they have become my friends. I don't know them, but they're my friends. I called after my daughter got home, and I said to the pastor, I said, thank you so much for taking care of this for me. I said, I know you bought four tires. You gave her the $100. I said, how much money do I owe you? He said, you don't owe us anything. I said, why? He said, because you're a friend of my friend. Let me tell you about friendship. You young people, you don't necessarily know all the things going to happen to you in your life. My daughters will tell you today that I have some of the greatest friends in all of the world, and I would say yes to that. I've got friends from literally all over the world who check on me, who pray for me, who write me, who talk to me, who call me. I'm thankful for those friendships. I'm thankful for those relationships. I want to tell you something, church. You better be careful of the friendships that you make. You need to flourish in your friendships. You need to build good relationships. You need to know who you can count on when the chips are down. You need to know who's going to be there when the difficulty comes. You need to know who is going to stand by your side and help you to get through the tough places. I believe every one of us, it's been said that everybody deals with money and relationships, but only one of those will make you rich. <clears throat> it's relationships. It's not money that makes you rich. It's relationships that make you rich. So I want to encourage you. You need to flourish in your friendships. I'm thankful to God for those that God has put in my life. I believe that you need to flourish in your experiences. Everybody here has a calling in your life. Whatever it is, it's not just <clears throat> to be a 
pastor, an evangelist, or a missionary, but you have a calling. Let me ask you something. Do you enjoy what you do? Do you enjoy your work? Do you enjoy your life? Do you believe that God has given you a purpose in your life? You know, every one of us needs to understand that we need to flourish, not only in our time, but we need to flourish in our calling and what God has given us to do. <laughs> How many of y'all have ever watched Winnie the Pooh? Anybody ever watch Winnie the Pooh? There's somebody in Winnie the Pooh called Eeyore. I think there's a lot of people in the church who have the spirit of Eeyore upon them. I think it's going to rain. I don't think we can get there from here. I don't think we can do that. They're negative about everything. They have a spirit of Eeyore. Let me tell you something. I don't want people around me that have the spirit of Eeyore. I want to be around people that says, if Christ be for us, who can be against us? I believe that God will do what he said he would do. He is not a man that he should lie. I believe we need to flourish in our experiences. We need to flourish in the place that God has put us. God wants everyone here to grow. Growth does not happen automatically. It's something you have to put and invest something into. It does not happen quickly. <laughs> we all wish that we could send somebody to a conference and they would come back immediately changed for life. It does not work that way. Growth does not happen mysteriously. God tells us how we are to grow. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.15, speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Jesus Christ. And then it says in 2 Peter 3.18, to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. And then Colossians 1 and verse 10, I love this. It says that you can walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Oh, may the Lord help each of us to do that, to walk worthy of the Lord, to please him, to be fruitful in every good work and increasing in our knowledge of him. Can I just tell you something that I feel like the Lord put in my heart to say to you? Don't just love what you are, but love what you can become. Stop being satisfied with who you are and what you are and where you are. Strive to move to a new place in God, to seek first his kingdom, and everything else will be added to you. I believe that God wants us to put him first and foremost in our life. But there's too many times that we become satisfied and said, this is all there is. This is not all there is. I believe the best is yet to come. John chapter 10 and verse 10 is a scripture we quote a lot, but I want to read it to you out of the Amplified. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. But I came that they may have and enjoy life. That's what it says. To have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Can I just tell you today that it's my particular opinion that a lot of people in our church who says that they've served God for five years, 50 years, 25 years, whatever the case is, that I'm not sure that they have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Are you encountering the kind of life 
that you're overflowing with his goodness, that you're overflowing with his blessings, that you're overflowing with the joy of the Lord that brings you strength. The reality is, is a lot of us are failing to thrive. We're failing to thrive in the midst of an opportunity where we have good preaching, where we have wonderful worship, where we have people around us. Let me tell you, I, I, I didn't know this, but our brother was talking about life groups. I don't even know what life groups there are, but I'm going to tell you something. Building relationships with small groups is a very important experience in your life. I want to encourage you to be a part of something where you can build those kind of relationships at the end of the day that you are not failing to thrive. There's too many people in the church who have been serving God and they're the same place where they were 20 years ago. I don't want to fail to thrive. I want to thrive and I want to flourish in the house of God. I'm going to close with this. It was interesting after the Lord gave me this word about failing to thrive that I was riding down the road and I was listening to Sirius Radio, The Message. And I heard Casting Crowns. And the song was called Thrive. And I'd like to just read you the words because sometimes we hear the words, but we don't always hear the words. Here in this worn and weary land where many a dream has died, like a tree planted by the water, we never will run dry. So living water flowing through, God, we thirst for more of you. Fill our hearts and flood our souls with one desire. Just to know you and to make you known, we lift your name on high. Shine like the sun, make darkness run and hide. We know that we were made for much more than ordinary lives. It's time for us to more than just survive. We were made to thrive. Into your word we're digging deep to know our Father's heart. Into the world we're reaching out to show them who you are. So living water flowing through, God, we thirst for more of you. Fill our hearts and flood our souls with one desire. Just to know you and to make you known, we lift your name on high. Shine like the sun, make darkness run and hide. We know that we were made for so much more than ordinary lives. It's time for us to more than just survive. We were made to thrive. And then the bridge says joy unspeakable, faith unsinkable, love unstoppable, anything is possible. Joy unspeakable, faith unsinkable, love unstoppable, anything is possible. We were made to thrive. Amen? Would you stand to your feet? Brother, would you come?